Hey everyone, welcome back to the Trailblazers podcast. So excited for today's episode because today I have a special guest with me and we're going to talk about a topic that I think is so needed in our day and age and very needed in the online entrepreneurial space. Um, she is also a coach, but I'm going to let give her the floor to introduce herself. I have Cielo on here. Do you want to say hi? Hey, hi everyone. I'm Cielo. Um, I am a mindset, mindfulness and meditation and an emotional intelligence coach. Um, I just am really passionate about helping coaches and service providers increase their emotional intelligence with mindfulness skills in order to succeed in life and business. And, you know, boundaries is a part of that. Stress management is a part of that. And it's really awesome to see my clients come to me and go from point A to point B and just how happy they are at the end of everything. Awesome. Lovely to have you on, Cielo. And I also think your name is quite cool. Um, (laughs) Do you know what your name means? I'm like genuinely curious. Yeah. Yeah. So my name means heaven or sky in Spanish. My mom is actually from Mexico. And so my dad, he is from America, um, but he really liked the name Cielo for some reason. And it's not even a a name. It it means heaven or sky. And so uh, my mom was like, no, let's name her Maria Cielo. But somehow my dad won and I'm Cielo Maria. But (laughs) I used to really dislike my name growing up, but now I love it. It's so unique and fun. It is. It's so unique. And I think it's a good conversation starter when you have a cool name like that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into it. I'm very excited. Um, I was just telling Cielo before hopping on this recording that um, I feel like this conversation is um, needed even in my own season right now. So um, when it gets to like that quarter year approaching mid-year time, I think that's when people start getting into the hustle, getting caught up in, in overthinking. And, and I see this in a lot of my clients, once they hit like the two, three month mark into building their business. Um, and this is where a lot of them are. So if if they're listening, um, (laughs) this is for you guys. Um, okay. But I do want to know first, and I'm sure the uh, audience would love to know as well. What's your story? How did you come about, you know, becoming a mindfulness coach and you've just gotten your emotional intelligence certification. How did you get into this space? What do you love about it? And very curious to know about the story behind that. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, I went and got my bachelor's degree in psychology and then, uh, I worked in HR and thought that I would love it because it was working with people, but I really disliked working in corporate America. Um, and so I came to this crossroads and I was faced with either continuing my education or sucking it up and working my way up the corporate ladder. And I decided to go get my master's in applied clinical psychology. Um, And then I worked as a therapist, a clinical therapist at a 30 day residential treatment facility for adults who had severe mental illnesses. Um, And so I would teach them in group and individual therapy. I taught them, you know, communication skills, emotion, emotion regulation skills, mindfulness. And I got burnt out beyond belief working as a therapist. And so I was thinking to myself one day, you know, 
like these skills work for them so well. Why aren't I integrating these skills in my own life? And so I really started to lean heavy into the emotional intelligence and motion regulation that I was teaching my clients and the mindfulness. And I fell in love with mindfulness. I ended up going to get my mindfulness and meditation teacher training certification with my sister-in-law. Um, she's the one who was like, Cielo, we're both so in love with mindfulness. We should go do this together. And honestly, it was such an amazing like little retreat that we did to get this certification. And so that kind of started my journey into personal development and mindfulness. And, um, I ended up moving from Pennsylvania to California. So across the country. Uh, and I was like, I've always had this idea to help female entrepreneurs increase their mindfulness and increase, you know, their mindset so that they can level up. And so I, you know, from moving and not having a job, my business was born and honestly, it has been so amazing. Um, I'm also a part-time behavior interventionist for adults with autism spectrum disorder and so it's been really cool to see like how I help them shift their behaviors and how I can also do that with my clients too. It's obviously very different, but you know, it's behavior change and it's helping people reach their potential. And so, you know, that's just been my passion in life is helping people reach that potential that they have. I love that. I love that this field of work that you're in as well is always going to be needed. And mm -hmm. as we, you know, start to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and building our businesses, particularly online entrepreneurship, I yeah. think it's, it's an, uh, what's that word? It's a rising, uh, I don't even know the word. It's like a growing industry, um, is, you know, yeah. online entrepreneurship, because this is where it's at. Um, social media, business building, this is where it's at. And I think everyone's giving it a go, but they're not necessarily equipped emotionally, mm. mentally, um, because it's one of those things that school doesn't teach you that they oh, should. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I want to know in particular, so you've started your own business and you've experienced both ends of the spectrum of working for somebody else in corporate America mm. and then building your own business to have to manage your own time, manage your own emotions, your mental health. Mm. Tell me, like, from your personal experience and your experience working with clients, um, you know, what what are the things that you you've observed are what basically online entrepreneurs struggle with left, right and center? Yeah, I would say that some of the biggest things that entrepreneurs, the online entrepreneurs that I've um, been in contact with, the things that they struggle with the most is beating their perfectionism. Um, having procrastination, because a lot of times procrastination is linked to loneliness and not having accountability. Um, and so I'd say those are two big things. And I've heard a lot from online entrepreneurs that they are lonely. And, um, you know, it's, it's true, right? We're in front of our computers or doing our own thing for the entire day. And sometimes we don't get that communication or, you know, interaction with, with our colleagues, we don't get to bump ideas off of each other. And so it can be very lonely. And so finding ways to remediate that or fix that is so important for your own morale and, you know, the longevity of your business. Yeah. I can imagine like, you know, a lot of people that you, you would have worked with, they, it's kind of like, there's always a tension of, um, you need to be alone. You need to be focused. You need to mm -hmm. stay, stay in your zone in, in the sense where when you're figuring yourself out, you're figuring out the formative um, 
stages of business building, yeah. it's almost like it's it's important to to be on your own and to give yourself that solitude time. But um, it does compromise, you know, some things. And if you continue down that trajectory of like not really being intentional about who you're around or what you're around, I think it definitely affects um, how you feel and it affects what results you can create. Um, I wanted to touch on like in particular, because when we think of um, boundaries, right? When we think of setting boundaries around who we're around, what we do, what we do with our time and our energy, I'm, I'm wanting to know like for you, is there, is there a rule of thumb um, with boundaries or is it productivity? Is it scheduling? Is it, you know, what is a boundary and like, how does it affect the way that we run our businesses? Yeah. Well, I mean, boundaries are very simply are guidelines or, you know, rules or limits that we're placing on something or on people, um, in order to have or create an expectation. Right. And so, you know, you can create boundaries with literally everything. You can create boundaries with your friends, your family, your significant other short people. You can also create boundaries with your devices, right? Your technology, you can create boundaries with your own business. And I highly suggest you create boundaries with your business business and your technology, because honestly, I used to have such a terrible phone addiction. And once I realized I was like looking at my screen time one time and it was astronomical, it was disgusting for me. Um, I realized that this was like causing me more anxiety. It was, you know, I was up all night scrolling on Instagram instead of sleeping. And so I was getting worse sleep and the blue light from the phone makes it even worse. And so I was compromising a lot of things for myself. So I created boundaries so that I can sustain myself and have a, a better well being. Um, and so creating those boundaries, it's, it's just so important to, to have them so people know how to behave or people know how to, um, or know what the expectation is, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And I have experienced both ends. I was just mm-hmm. telling my coach recently, like, um, I experienced this thing and I know a lot of other coaches, you might even get this, but I experienced this this thing where it's like, I love my clients so much and I want the best for them so much that I, I want to make sure they're checked up on. I want to make sure that they're covered and they're good. Um, And when I don't hear from them, like sometimes I'll be like, Oh, it's cool. They're just implementing. But at the same time, like when I, (laughs) uh, when I overthink it, or I I sit on it too long, I'll be like, oh no, what if they don't feel supported? And what if like this, what if that? And so I'll like kind of go out of my way to, to message them. And yeah, my coach was saying like, um, how does that affect your personal boundary of you need Mm -hmm. to rest now? And what do you, what are you teaching your clients as well? What are you teaching them to do um, in return? And I was just so like amazed that this is something that I genuinely thought it was just me operating out of like selfless love for my clients, me operating out of, you know, the mindset of I want to overserve my clients, but how quickly that became a practice of breaking my own boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, have you experienced anything like that? Definitely. Um, I actually just had a client message me on Voxer today and she's like, I know it's late and you probably shouldn't be listening to this as I'm listening to it. She's like, oh my gosh, you're listening to this. I'm so sorry. And it's like, it's almost second nature sometimes to just pick up your phone. And like when I'm already on my phone and I see one of my clients is Voxering me, I'm like, oh, I might as well just listen in and see if there's anything that I can like help them through. And, you know, at, at some point, 
there needs to be that self-awareness be like, okay, I need to be off at this point. Uh, it really wasn't that late for me. She's on the East coast. So it was already like three hours ahead and it was only like five 30 here. So it didn't feel that late, but, um, like if it were 8 PM, I probably wouldn't be opening my boxer and responding. And in my contract, I very specifically, like that's where my boundary is, is in my contract. Right. And I'm, I make sure to communicate that with my clients is like, Hey, did you read the contract? Do you have, what questions do you have for me? Right. Cause I know people have questions. And sometimes if you give them the, do you have any questions? They don't really want to ask questions. So you, I just jump to the thing and say, what questions do you have for me? Because boundaries can get tricky. And the key to having healthy boundaries and sustainable boundaries is communication and being effective with your communication. And so like in my contract, I explicitly state, you know, Voxer communication is in between calls from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. or something like that. And um, I, I clearly state that to my clients and I tell them that that's, that's my boundary. And it does get to the point where it's like, well, I want to, if I communicated this boundary and now I'm starting to be porous with my boundaries, that might start to incite... Um, what's, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, they're going to start trying to break my boundaries even more because I'm allowing it to happen. And so, you know, like you were talking about with what your coach had said, um, is what are you showing your clients, right? They're going to try and model that behavior too. And that might not be sustainable for them. Yeah. So powerful. I think when we can honor our own boundaries, we teach our clients to also do the same for themselves. And we ultimately train people how to, how to treat us, whether it's uh, business or, or client work, it's like in life, like we train people how to contact us. We train people how to approach us, how to talk to us, how to demand things from us. And I've reached a point where, of course, there are always things that we're working on. And like I said, I, I still struggle with this, but I've reached a point where at least in my social life, I know what is deserving of my energy and when, um, and even like those, I'll give an example, like those little messages that you get throughout the day because of like the group threads that you're in or like someone's quickly like, Oh, um, by the way, this, this, this. And it's like, it's a fleeting comment. You don't think it does you any harm to just respond on the spot or to respond while you're waiting in line. But when you actually like add up, the amount of time that you've spent in your day to kind of just like open up that notification, respond to it, and the amount of focus that it has taken to divert and then to come back to the thing you were supposed to do. I call myself out on it so much. Like just this week alone, I was like, I was literally shaking my head um, because I opened up Instagram to send a link to a person that that want that requested this link. And 30 minutes later, I like hopped off the app and I was like, what was I supposed to do again? And like, I didn't even send the link. And it was just like, what? We spend so much time and energy on little things that don't serve us or like don't serve the mission that we have. And then we go, where did our time go? Or why do I feel so drained? Um, so I definitely think it's it's so important to know how to communicate. But that being said, I do want to ask, like, and for people who are probably thinking this now, how do you communicate? Like when you are not used to it um, and when you don't even know where to start, what are some fundamental things to communicate and how do you communicate them? 
So I would say that the most important thing is to be, I, I mean, okay. So before you even get to the communication part, you have to be very self-aware and understand what it is that you need. Um, you know, boundaries are coming from a place of, of, necessity sometimes and expectation. And so you have to get really clear with yourself on what it is that you need, what it is that you're expecting, and then be very clear and honest with the person, right? Um, I had a uh, a colleague of mine, we were talking about our communication styles when we're trying to correct behavior in other employees. And I told him I'm very direct. Um, I don't like to beat around the bush and he does. And I just don't, I feel like that's babying people and that's leading to further confusion rather than a rapid solution. And so my biggest tip for when you're creating boundaries with other people is to get really clear and be, um, confident in yourself because you know yourself better than anybody else does and to communicate clearly what it is that that you are establishing and I mean you don't necessarily need to explain why but having a why behind your boundary is only going to make it that much more sturdy yeah I like that I think um this is something that applies to so many people even just in like in let's say you work a nine to five and you also run your own business, like to be able to know the boundaries you have within your nine to five as well. Um, Cause we'll have people like I have friends who are school teachers, for example, who, who have to take home homework to Mark and create lesson plans. And like this eats up so much of their time and energy outside of their nine to five. And like, they they have these dreams they talk about these goals they want to accomplish they talk about fitness and like improving their health but they never get around to it and you know they blame oh school gives me so much work or i have xyz to do but it's like actually um what are your priorities because you could just decide to leave the the school work, the the homework at school and then like mark it and come in earlier and get get good rest tonight um, and it's like this cycle of like playing victim. And as much as, you know, everyone's situation is different, like um, I'll, I'll hear the, the rainbow of excuses that we, that we share or that we tell ourselves um, to kind of talk ourselves into doing, uh, talk ourselves out of doing the stuff that we actually feel passionate about and taking action towards like, let's say building that dream business. Um, it just feels a lot easier sometimes to excuse yourself out of doing that because it is uncomfortable work, not so much like in the physical side of things, but like it's emotional and mental. There's the discomfort of like, what if it fails? Like, is it worth working on? And so people live their lives like delaying that and kind of just being caught in the motions of their nine to five and, and all of that. But yeah, that was, that was a little side note. Um, <laughs> I think something that's like yeah. really important to talk about in on that point is how a lot of our societies you know deem busy as being productive when that's not true at all right being busy isn't a badge to wear and um you know that that's that also goes along with the always on mode um you know a lot of jobs expect you to have your email, check your email throughout the day or to be on at all times. And that, that just 
isn't healthy and having a good balance, or I've been really into the word harmony rather than balance because everybody's balance is different. And so just finding a harmony between your doing and your being. And so your doing is like super goal oriented. Um, and it's your always on mode where you're being you, it's your authenticity. It's being creative. It's being explorative, right? So allow yourself to have a harmony between the two. Don't just be solely in that doing mode because I mean, you had mentioned schools earlier. Schools, they tell you that all like all you're going to add up to is, you know, working a nine to five someday and then retiring at 65 if you're lucky, because nowadays that's not even a thing, at least in America. And then you die. Right. And so they don't even explain that there needs to be this balance between working and like, you know, implementing mindfulness. If my school ever taught me mindfulness, I'm sure that I would have been a like much more regulated student, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it just all goes back to how society molds us and how we have to break away from that mold so often. Yes. Yes. I was telling some of my clients about this, you know, how we have to actually actively work against all these things that we've been wired or that have been wired into us. Um, through our learning, through our society, our culture, our family, our upbringing, there's so much that we have to proactively work against. Um, and if we don't have the tools or we don't have a community that reinforces, you know, um, mindfulness or sleeping early, or we don't have any accountability in that area, then we will struggle because our, our world is so, is not wired in that way to value rest. And I want to talk about like this concept of self-care towards success. And I know that self-care is a word or a concept that is thrown around um, a lot, quite a lot these days in the online space and in entrepreneurship. But I'm wondering for you, like, how would you define real genuine self-care that is actually productive towards success as an entrepreneur? I love this because, you know, in the social media space, people think, oh, let's talk about self-care being a bubble bath and a face mask and, you know, relaxing and binging Netflix. And those can all be wonderful self-care tactics. But, you know, to get down to it, self-care truly is just facilitating your needs or, or meeting your needs. And so honestly, self-care can be doing laundry. It can be taking an hour nap in between your client calls because your energy has been depleted. You know, it's just being aware of what it is that you need and responding to your body so that you can continue to nourish it. So maybe that means like watching your diet being, you know, having more nutrient dense foods (laughs) instead of going to chicken. Filet for the third time in the week and getting more sleep instead of working through the night or something like that, you know? And a lot of times you just have to be intuitive about it and you have to really go deep. Um, you might need to spend some time in reflection to truly understand what self-care is going to mean to you. It might be that fluffy type of self-care where you just lay in a bath and get a massage, or it might be like productive self-care as well. I mean, that can be productive self-care. I don't want to dog on that, but like you can be doing things that might not 
be considered self-care, but you are actually taking care of yourself as well. Love that meeting your needs. And I think that's something that is so simple that sometimes we just overcomplicated. Like we make, we make it out to be like this glamorous, flashy thing, but true self-care is really like meeting your needs in a, in a time and age where, um, we are so obsessed with meeting everybody else's needs or meeting the needs that we think we have to meet to impress other people. We lose ourselves. Um, and even like basic things like sleep, I think we deprive ourselves of sleep because of, you know, all the distractions like Netflix or scrolling on social media, but sleep can just increase the quality of our performance, the quality of our lives. And yeah, that's, that's not, that's the unsexy stuff, but it's like actually so needed if you're going to last in, in this work. Um, and especially if you're a solo entrepreneur, like you're doing it all. You're, you're the front end and the back end of your business and you're the coach for your clients. And like, until you have um, a team or until you have your, your systems built out, it's extremely difficult. And in fact, I I've recently just um, grown my team and training somebody, having, having someone on, you think is going to be like uh, rainbows and sunshine because like, Hey, there's someone else on and you can have more free time. But it's like, no, if you don't actually coach yourself or, or develop the habits or the practices of what it's like to be sustainable, to be mindful, to be um, healthy, then you're just going to bring those same habits on a whole different level with you. And you're going to operate at like a hundred times speed. And, and it just kind of magnifies these habits that we, that we never fixed. Um, and so I, I can definitely vouch for that. If anyone's listening, who, um, who is scaling or in the process of scaling and is thinking, oh, once I have someone else on, I'll be able to rest, but it, it's here and now, and, and the opportunity to, to, I, I talk about this concept, um, the opportunity to bless yourself and your future self is here now, because if you don't prioritize your self-care today or if you don't honor your boundaries today you're robbing of your of your future self and that is like a very very powerful uh concept that's I mean at least in my head it is (laughs) I love that I love that I think that's amazing Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it resonates with you. I just dropped a um, private podcast episode for my clients and I'm literally calling them out on their boundaries. And I'm like, you're robbing from your future selves. If you are not putting in the work to rest and to love yourself today and to you know work on your dreams and all of this stuff. But I do want to touch quickly on um, what you mentioned earlier about your certification of emotional intelligence, because I feel like it definitely ties in. Um, and I'm wanting to know, like, tell us what is emotional intelligence? Why, why is it important? And what does it benefit us to know about emo- emotional intelligence? Oh yeah. I love this. So, I mean, I feel like emotional intelligence, it's been around for so long. Um, well, not so long, but since like the seventies, um, and it's now just becoming more of a hot button topic and you can see it being thrown around as a buzzword in the coaching community. Um, but really what emotional intelligence boils down to is it's the ability to, understand process and, you know, manage our emotion, our emotions to the stimuli or everything in our environment. That's, um, outside of our control, basically. 
And so it's also like the ability to respond to situations rather than just react to them. And emotional intelligence, there's like a whole framework to it where there's five main pillars of emotional intelligence. And that first step, it's what I've been talking about on my Instagram lately is self-awareness. Like you can't have emotional intelligence without mindfulness because mindfulness is that self-awareness component. And, um, you know, understanding that we are more than what we do and understanding and being aware of our emotions, our own behaviors, our habits and our actions on a constant basis, right? And learning what we need to do to fix the negative ones and how we need to lean into the positive. Um, and, you know, it is that that ability, that self-awareness is the ability to step back and to respond to those situations. And then you get on to the next level and the next level after that. And, you know, it's all about self-management. So that's your emotion regulation. And then it looks outward to other people as well. And so, you know, you have empathy for others. You're, you're going to increase your empathy because now instead of just being self-aware, you are going to be other aware as well. And when you're other aware, you have more empathy. You understand what emotions someone else might be experiencing and you can help them through that. And as a coach, we're already helping people through, you know, the difficulties that they're experiencing, whether that be in life and business, um, in relationships. Right. And so having this additional skill of emotional intelligence is going to help you further your clients and further yourself, right? You're going to be able to further your own personal development and then be more empathetic. Um, you know, you're going to have more effective coaching and more effective relationships. So I am like so jazzed about emotional intelligence. This is something that I have been, I mean, I've been teaching emotion regulation for the past four years. Um, and so this was just a necessary step for me to take to finally say, you know, like I've been doing this work with my clients and therapy with myself for the last four years. And now I have like my certificate to kind of prove it. That's so awesome. Thinking, uh, thinking of the work that I do working with uh, coaches, especially newer ones who, you know, they're in the fundamental building stages, but there's, you know, they're obviously going to get into coaching clients, um, doing, uh, what do you call it? Sales calls, consult calls, and then putting their face up there and, and talking. Um, I'm curious to know as well, like for you, what would be your advice or what are your thoughts about how emotional intelligence and, and understanding this side of our humanity, how would that affect how we show up as coaches, um, especially on the front facing end of coaching clients and showing up for content. You touched a little bit on it and on how it helps us relate to other people and to help to serve them. But is there any like kind of example that you could give us in case there's, um, you know, there's people out there who, who maybe don't really understand how this applies to them? Yeah. So, um, when it comes to emotional intelligence, you're going to be able to like regulate your own emotions better. And so your emotions are going to fit the climate of situations that you're in. And I just read this book, uh, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success by Colleen Stanley. And she talks about how emotional intelligence is the center of sales. It should be the center of sales, right? And I actually have a post going out later this week about, you know, the difference between hard skills and soft skills and how your soft skills are just as important. Um, you know, you might be going business coach after business coach, yet you're still having issues with your clients because 
it's not the hard skills that you're struggling with. It's the soft skills. It's your ability to empathize. It's your ability to truly understand your own emotions and others' emotions as well. And so when you're able to hone in on your emotions, you're able to be a better coach, a better service provider. Um, I mean, you said it, you can relate to people in a better way. Um, and you know, you're able to kind of just take your own emotional, like, so EI or emotional intelligence can also be called EQ, like IQ, but emotional quotient. So like your EQ, um, you can take your own EQ temperature and be like, okay, am I relaxed or am I furious right now? Am I going to lower the temperature gauge so that I can be more chill? Um, because my reaction isn't really necessary for the situation that I'm in. So like, you're just really able to gauge yourself in your own circumstances in a way that's going to help you promote your relationships, help you promote your clients and of course yourself. <laughs> yeah. The soft skills part is so, so key. I think this is what I've been realizing as I work with more and more clients um, who are at different stages in business building, because like, I, I hold the belief that at the end of the day, your coach needs to not only have you know, the, the ability to support you on a strategic level, especially if it's business coaching, but um, you want to work with a coach that you genuinely feel safe with, because what's the point of working with the best of the best of the best coach? Um, you know, like the one who's made all the money or has all the strategies, but feeling insecure or feeling like they don't really get you or really care about you. Not saying that there are, you know, that, the big coaches don't care, but as in like, it's sort of like, if you're only after, you know, coaches after their, uh, who have certain um, accolades to show, but then what you're actually feeling when you're hopping on calls or when you're going through stuff is like almost a level of shame because you're not performing or maybe you're not making them happy or maybe even to the simplest degree. Like, let's say I've worked with clients before where I have recommended that, um, that we freeze so that they can evaluate whether their time with me is actually um, serving them. And that's a, it's a, it's a risky move because obviously as a coach, like you, you sign on clients and you, you have them on contracts so that you can have these clients in and serve them. And it's your name, your brand, your business on, on the line. But I think when, when you have a coach who can do that, where it's like, hang on, I don't think you're getting the best of this service. And I don't think I can coach you to the best of my ability. If, if, you know, there, there's something that's not meeting, if you're not telling me the full story or you're under, um, you know, you're not committing to the things that we said you'd commit to, like giving the space to do that is so important. And I think that's all like, that's all human to human stuff. That's not like um, a strategic or business exchange or a transactional thing. And I think coaching is so much of this human to human experience. Um, and if you're, and if you're journeying with someone for like four to six months at a time as your coach, like you'd want to feel like, um, you're there with them together and that they're, they're in it with you as well. Um, so it does, I think, help to just know how to, um, like you said, how to be self-aware so you can even communicate these things to your coach or to your clients. Um, and it gives you such, so much more of a colored, vibrant experience of coaching, I think. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think that's like really great. Right. Um, I've, I've known of like my friends who are also coaches who have frozen contracts with people because 
you know, they maybe needed a mindset coach first to break through some limiting beliefs before they could, you know, go further in their business. And I think that that is like some of the most ethical coaching out there. And it's really hard to talk about ethics in the coaching community because it's so unregulated, right? It's the wild west out there. And you know, coming from the world of HIPAA and having ethical codes for everything as a clinical therapist, like that was so regulated. And then going into the coaching community, it's so unregulated. And so it's like talking about ethics is so necessary and it's important because we want to do, we want to help people rather than harm people. And sometimes if we continue to just push through a contract, just because, you know, you want to get your money and that's all you care about, well, then you're being like a predatory and unethical coach. And, you know, there aren't any, um, what's it called? The consequences for that, but the, I mean, the consequence is hurting another person. Um, and that would have to be on your conscious, I guess. However, you hurt yourself as well. Like, you know, you lose, I I've experienced this where I've lost sight of, of my mission and my why, and it's created like this negative relationship with my business where it's like, it's just about money or just about clients. So I think like having such a genuine love for people or a genuine human to human connection first. Um, it's so key. And anytime that you've, anytime that you've lost sight of that, you will start to operate in this like very mechanical transactional way, which definitely isn't coaching. Well, at least not to me. So, um, yeah, so, so valuable. And I think there's so much more inside of emotional intelligence that we could probably unpack, but we'll save that for the next collaboration. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like to, to wrap this up, I want to, um, I want to invite Cielo to share with us, like if there's anything that, if you've loved what she's shared and, you know, if you've loved the message that she's bringing, um, the work that she's doing in the world, I would love for her to share how you can get in touch with her and what her, what her, uh, social media handles are as well. If you want to follow the work that she does. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at cielo.preshack. Um, I don't know. Should I spell that all out? Cause it's, it's difficult. Well, you'd find it in like the notes, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And currently I am offering mindfulness intensives. So like I said, self-aware is that first step to emotional intelligence. And so I really want people to have a strong foundation if they want to start exploring emotional intelligence. And so having my mindfulness and meditation certification helps me give you that strong foundation. And so if you are ready to build that foundation to then build onto emotional intelligence, I invite you to just DM me. We can chat about what kind of offers I have, but currently I am about to open mindfulness intensives and I'm so excited about it because I just love talking all things mindfulness and helping people become self-aware so that they can take that next step. So exciting. And I think your work is so needed in this world and in the coaching space. So for all the coaches out there listening, all the online entrepreneurs, like definitely go check out Cielo's socials and have a chat with her. I have genuinely loved and enjoyed learning about all the stuff that you know. And like I said, there's so much more Um, that we could unpack, which we can explore further. But um, thank you once again for sharing your knowledge and sharing your experience. I think we'll, I am walking away at least with so much value and so much to think about in terms of 
how do I show up in the world? What do I tell people about, you know, about myself? How do I tell them to treat me? And, you know, all these like little things that we go about not being intentional about, like I'm walking away thinking of them and and I think your work is done, at least with me, <laughs> um, which I love. So I hope that you guys listening are, are experiencing that and and share them with us, um, tag us or, or DM us if if you've challenged yourself to implement more stricter boundaries or, or more, you know, more develop a more intentional way of practicing self-care for yourself, because it does matter and it does create so much more for you in not only in life, but in your business too. Um, We want you guys building amazing, thriving businesses where you as the business owner are thriving and sustaining as well. So thank you once again, Cielo. And, um, and for all of you listeners, I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for having me. I've had such an amazing time just having a conversation with you. Thanks, Cielo.